Welcome to the newest episode of the Investigation Game Podcast, where we equip listeners with tools to decipher evidence and find money. On our last episode, we talked about the best sources of information. And so today, we have the data. Now what do we do? Um, Today, I have with me Felix Hutchins. Felix works with Workman Forensics as a data analyst. And Felix has over 16 years of experience as an IT auditor. He's a certified fraud examiner. He is a certified internal auditor and also, I'll have to read this one, certified information systems auditor. And a small world, because he's also an Oral Roberts University grad, same as myself. And um, he has experience for creating tests and scripts related to data and identifying potential fraud uh, for a Fortune 500 company. And um, so he joined Workman Forensics a couple months ago to help us with our data analytics. And man, since you've been here, Felix, you have automated like so many more things and just so efficient. We've got people worrying that they're not going to have a job. It's been fun doing it. Good, good. Well, hey, so today I had asked you if you'd join us just to talk about some tests and data analytics related to our favorite sources of information on cases. And so from our last episode, we talked about a few of those being bank statements, credit card statements, payroll records, and even accounting records. So would you like just kind of talk about some of the tests that we run whenever we first bring in like bank statements or credit card statements? Sure. So the first uh, test we run, we call it a source and use. And what it does is it uh, takes the beginning balance for a bank statement or a bank account and it looks at where, where did the money come from that came into the account and where did it go? And it lists all the sources of funds and then all the uses of funds. That's the name, source and use. <laughs> yeah, I mean, name. And then on the uses of funds, it shows the different individuals or the different vendors that the money was spent with, how much was spent with them, and the number of times money was spent with them. So you can see, do we spend money with them regularly over this period of time that we're looking at? Was it a one-time large check, et cetera, et cetera. And then it ties it all out so you can see that we have all the source and use because the beginning balance plus the deposits minus the the withdrawals equals the ending balance. So that's kind of in a nutshell what that tells us. Yeah, so one of my favorite things on the source and use is how, whether it's under the deposit section, where did money come from, or whether it's under the where did money go section, uh, you know, your payments, there's categories of transfers and wires. Right. And you want to talk a little bit about why that is significant in any investigation? Well, one thing you can help us understand is if there's a, a bank accounts or credit cards or other sources of places where money went that we aren't aware of. Because money, somebody could be transferring money out of one account that we are aware of into an account that we're not aware of and then spending it there so that the actual use of the funds doesn't show up in what we're looking at, it shows up in that other account. So then we know we need to go get um, the transactions for that account as well so we can really tell where the money went, not just it went into a black hole. Just just like finding other bank accounts, you kind of mentioned we can also find other credit cards. Absolutely. There was a client that each of the partners, there were four partners in this business, and each of the partners had a credit card. Let's just say it was with Chase, okay? And then, then the bookkeeper or office manager just opened up a credit card with Chase as well. So she would pay four credit card payments to Chase that belonged to the four partners. And then she'd just tack on her own $800,000 loss. Oh, wow. I know. Crazy. So, you know, in a case like that, 
the question is, how would we have caught this? You know, if, if um, I'm trying to remember now, actually, how they caught it. But on an ongoing basis, you know, how do we catch that ahead of time? And one of the ways to do that is kind of by the source and use. And actually, I've written a, an additional script that actually takes the payments to credit cards and the payments using the credit card statements and matches those to see if there's payments going to credit cards that we're not aware of. So right. we can see the money went out of the bank, but we don't have any statements showing where it went to. Right. And, and so it would ca- it would have caught that. It would have caught easily. that. Easily, yeah. So being able to compare those statements like that, or even just looking at what is what are the number of payments we're paying to Chase every month? Right. You know, if, if we expect four, why are there five? Sure, absolutely. Kind of another, it doesn't show up on our source and use, but another favorite thing, just kind of as an indicator of odd stuff is, you know, things we should consider going forward are um, even dollar payments. Yes. Yes. And we have a thing, it's called the Benford's analysis, which looks for that type of thing. It looks for, it looks at, you can set it up to look at any, any part of the, the payment that you want, the the trailing um, digits or the beginning digits, just, and in this case, it'd be the trailing digits because we're looking for even dollar payments. And it will highlight those and tell you if you have more than it's expecting. And it can actually group them and, and make it where you can just click into it and see what all those even dollar payments are. So you can then do, I mean, so it pulls them out and makes it where it's easy to analyze them because it puts them all in one place so you can click into it and see them. Right. And although we're working to kind of automate these tests where they happen automatically for our clients, we use IDEA by Caseware that has Benford's built in that allows us right. to use that feature. And so we can then just pull out out of our data set, which are our bank transactions, or our credit card transactions, pull out everything that ends in double zero. Because, you know, if you're going to steal money, you're going to write a check for $523.23 or $500, probably $500. Right. Yeah, or 50000 or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we found it over time that, that uh, people who, are, who uh, do thefts get lazy and they don't want to they don't want to go to the trouble to come up with a unique number every time so they just write themselves a check for ten thousand ten thousand ten thousand or whatever right and it gets the money to them without them having to think of some unique amount every time right so so yeah benford usually will highlight that type of thing and then you know from credit card statements or or bank statements just looking at the number of payments like we talked about being you know the number of times a vendor's paid you can then find if public service company of Oklahoma was paid multiple times, but you only own one building. Why are we paying five bills? Right. Um, so it'll identify that type of fraud too. Right. It identifies somebody's paying their personal uh, electric bill, gas bill, water bill right. out of your account. <laughs> right. because, because yeah, and their mothers and their fathers and your mother-in-law and their, <laughs> and their rent houses that happened on one. Right. <laughs> so yeah, if you see, you should be paying PSO only once and you're paying them five times every month. Uh, you probably have a problem. Probably have a problem. <clears throat> Although I've never really understood that because the dollar amounts are so small. But I, one of my friends in law enforcement told me about a case that it happened so long, it was still like $30,000 stolen from a family just from paying their utility bills over wow. a certain number of years. I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, if you add in cable and, I mean, they were running all their household utilities. Anyway. Okay, so we've kind of talked about number of payments, but do you also want to touch on, we call it a lifestyle analysis whenever we're working on divorce cases, but kind of that month over month um, analysis and what we're looking, just how it works and then what we're looking for on that. Okay, so when a month over month analysis, we outline the money that goes out every month. 
mm-hmm. and and in a divorce case, we might be looking. Somebody might be claiming they don't make very much money, like they make only make twenty thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, a year. A year, yeah, <laughs> twenty thousand would be pretty good. Uh, yeah, but then we see that they're spending say five thousand a month or ten thousand a month, but they're claiming they only make three or four thousand a month. So we can see that their lifestyle does not align with the type of income that they say they have. Or it could be indicate that they're stealing money from someone <laughs> in a fraud case. That's true. Because they're spending a lot more money than their salary should enable them to, to spend. Or in a divorce case, it could indicate they're trying to hide income from mm-hmm. their spouse so that they keep more than they should. Yeah. I've got to insert a war, you know one of my stories here. But okay. we had a um, child support case that... Uh, this person was in the service business, uh, in a service business, and claimed he made about kind of what you just said, $20,000 a year. So we performed this month over month analysis based on bank statements. So we're just looking at cash. I don't care what he's financed, just cash. How much was he spent? Was he spending every year? He was spending $100,000 a year. Wow, um, 20,000 income. Mm-hmm. Right, 20,000 income is what was being reported to the IRS. Data is so powerful, right? It is, absolutely. The story is in the data for sure. Yeah. Um, And also this lifestyle analysis helps with that. How many times a month are you paying a Cox bill or cable bill or... Right, um, it could it could bill. right in a divorce case it could in, it could highlight the fact he's paying expenses for someone another woman other than his wife. That's true. Because <laughs> that <laughs> he's, pay, he's paying his mortgage payment and a rent payment as well. He's paying his his PSO bill and another PSO bill. His wife's car payment and another car payment. Right. <clears throat> That's a good. Yeah, you're right. It would. Also, you know, I've done it before too to see if I've done the same month over month, but I did it on the deposit side, um, and it was for healthcare related so they had patient payments and so we looked at you know which patients were skip had months of skipping payments and we were particularly interested in any payment in any patients who typically paid in cash to see if some of their payments were missing mm. um, so maybe maybe they um, you know I know there's a hospital in town that they take uh, they'll let you pay off your bill monthly so let's say they're paying $7,500 a month, and then you miss a few months, but there's no catch-up anywhere. You know, being able to go and look and just kind of investigate, did the patient miss that month, or is it missing? And data analytics doesn't immediately identify fraud. It just gives us indicators. Right. Helps yeah. us know where to look. Right. Okay, so let's kind of shift over to payroll, because that's another area that we talked about, getting payroll records. Um, gosh, there are so many tests you could do in payroll. Absolutely. You know, we'll talk about one, just kind of identifying some trends, but do you also just kind of want to hit on some of the different schemes in payroll? Well, one scheme is called a ghost employee scheme. And in this scheme, what you do is you, if you have access to the payroll system, you go in and add an additional employee that isn't real. And then if you have direct deposit, you have those funds deposited in your account. So every Mm -hmm. payday, you not only get your normal paycheck, you get additional paycheck or paychecks because of this ghost employee. Yep. Or another thing is if someone, I mean, one that we can encountered recently is someone uh, was paying contractors through direct deposit and the contractor closed the one account and they just transferred those funds to their account. So that, that money still was going out the same as it was before, but it was no longer going to the contractor. It was going to their account. Yep. So those are a couple of ways that you can uh, take money in payroll. Obviously, you could then... We'll let payroll run, and then after the payroll runs, you could go in and manually modify your check amount and yep. pay yourself more than you than you should be. You can modify your actual pay rate 
if no one's watching, let's say I'm supposed to be making $75,000 a year, I'll change my pay to $150,000 a year. Yep. And then right after the payroll runs, I go back in and change it back. So if my boss looks, he says, yeah, your pay rate's just exactly what it should be. And if he's not monitoring each payroll to make sure more money's not going out the door than what should be, he'd never know the difference. Yep. Because uh, my pay says it's, or looking at some sort of audit trail, that always yeah. would catch you too if you have auditing turned on. Right. But, Which, okay, so one of my first cases that I worked um, whenever I started working in forensics was a payroll case and they had always always paid payroll with checks and it was a local company all the employees except for one lived in Oklahoma and so this one employee that didn't live in Oklahoma was kind of tired of waiting on his check and so forth and so they told the office manager go ahead and send his like let's set up direct deposit and so they set it up through QuickBooks set up his direct deposit, but everybody else was still getting paid checks. And so the owner every week would, or, you know, whenever they got paid would sign the checks. And, um, anyway, they ran into a cash flow problem. And, um, whenever they did that, they start looking into a few things and they discovered that the office manager had added herself, uh, while she was creating this out of state employees direct deposit, she also added her own account as a direct deposit. Okay. And so if she made a thousand dollars every pay period, her check still got signed by the owner, but then she just sent herself another thousand dollars on top of that through direct deposit. All so right. it was at least ninety thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. So which kind of goes to a point we were talking about this morning <clears throat> that I I have the personal belief that fraud cannot be a hundred percent prevented. Right. You just have to have some detection things in place so that if it happens, you're aware of it sooner rather than later. Right. Because catching a $1,000 overpayment or a couple months of overpayment is a lot better than six years. Oh, wow. Do you know For that sure. most, most of the cases that we've worked at Workman, um, that well, the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners says that the median life of a scheme is 18 months. I have only had a couple that were less than four years. Wow. So you can take, steal a lot of money over four years. Absolutely. And typically people get more and more bold as they steal money. And the longer they steal money, the more they steal per theft. Yeah. So if you can catch it sooner rather than later, you're definitely going to be uh, dollars in the bank. Absolutely. And <clears throat> at a certain point, you know, what is, what area or category of cash are employees stealing? At a certain point, they're stealing profit. And so... Oh, absolutely. Most of the time, people notice that, or especially small businesses notice, oh my goodness, we're being stolen from because our cash, something's weird with cash. <laughs> I should have been tracking over the last eight and a half years how many people call us and say, my cash just looks weird. Something's weird with my cash. I don't have any cash. Mm. Sales are fine. My expenses are normal. But for some reason, I don't have any cash. And that's usually the indicator. But if they're stealing profit, that would make sense. You don't have cash flow. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about the payroll analysis, um, just like one of the most basic tests. If you just want to see, you know, if a listener wants to see, a business owner wants to see, um, is somebody doing something weird in payroll? Okay. So we have a spreadsheet that you can enter your, your paychecks for each of your employees in the amount and the payroll uh, time frame mm -hmm. or payroll date. And then you hit F9. And <laughs> yeah, in our spreadsheet, that is. Yes, yeah. in our spreadsheet. And it will uh, show, a scat create a scatter graph of the payroll, the pay amounts for that payroll period. So you can mm -hmm. see, you know, if there's, if everybody should be making between two and $3,000 per payroll for that payroll, and somebody has a $4,000 payment, it's going to just jump right out at you and slap you in the face. Yep. And then there's a second uh, 
graph that it also creates that shows uh, the amount for the total payroll and then a you know a line chart to show if that stays the same or if it goes up or goes down over time over time yeah right so you can and the other one shows it over time as well it shows a scatter graph for each of the payrolls over time mm-hmm. and so that way if something an anomaly happens in your payroll it will just jump right out at you immediately and you can see oh well my payroll I gave everybody a raise in February but all of a sudden my payroll went up in June as well mm-hmm. and so I know I have something going on there and I need to investigate that right yeah it's it's Super, super simple. Absolutely. It is very uh, simple, but it also gives you some information that can be very valuable if somebody's trying to steal from you through payroll. Right. So you don't So you don't have to... What I like about this test is that um, you don't have to be a data sleuth, data guru, IT person to run this. Absolutely just, not. Yeah. Just copy and paste from your payroll reports. Right. You know? Drop it in the spreadsheet and it'll show you in the graph what's going on. Right. Absolutely. Right. So one of the um, cool things that we're going to be uh, posting for everyone is that based on what we've talked about today, you're actually going to be posting some short little videos showing what this would look like in Excel or um, actually the payroll analysis we just talked about with the graphs. That's actually going to be available for download. So, but you'll have your videos and show them kind of, you know, what are we talking about whenever we say source and use or lifestyle analysis? So. Um, I think those will be great and really helpful. Cool. Look forward to it. Good. All right. Well, thanks so much, Felix, for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. And um, I'm excited to talk to you again at some other point about some more cool data tips and tricks because data tells the story. That's right. I'm glad to do it because I really love data. Yeah. And it sounds weird, but, I, but I, I'm, a, I'm a little enough of a nerd where data gets exciting to me. Yeah, that's why we had to have you join the team. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Investigation Game Podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media so that you can see all the videos and the analytics tools that we've discussed today. 